Welcome to Bite Size Human Geography, a podcast meant for students and anyone who wants a better understanding of the world. We investigate global issues using human geography concepts. It's human geography made simple. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Human Geography podcast. My name is Kara Smart and I am so happy to be here with you today. We are going to be discussing how you can have your best school year yet. And I know you're thinking, come on, <laughs> this is 2020. Nothing about this school year is going to be great. And I, I, I know, I know why you're thinking that. I get it. But I have to tell you, you have so many opportunities in front of you because everyone is in the same boat right now. Everyone's filled with the same stresses and anxieties. And this is really a way for you to rewrite yourself because the playing field is leveled. And the people that succeed during these times, the people that are successful, are the ones who are going to push through and ride that wave of fear, ride that wave of anxiety, and push through it to success. Okay, so let's get right down to it. How are you going to have your best year ever? Well, what I want to do is I want to give you a few little tips that I think are easily um, implementable, if that's a word, (laughs) uh, that you can uh, take today and start preparing for the school year. Some of these are easy and some of these are really going to push you outside of your comfort zone, but that's okay. You're supposed to be pushed outside of your comfort zone every single day. That's how you know you are growing as a person. So the very first thing I'm going to tell you to do uh, is to reduce your time on social media by about 30%, by about one third. Now, I'd love to tell you to get off of social media completely, but it's just not realistic for many of you. It's a way that you communicate with your friends. Um, Some of you get your news that way, (laughs) which we can have a conversation about that later on. But I, I, I do have to be honest, I'm beginning to see this trend amongst my students and I see it more and more every year where many of them are walking away from social media completely. So if you don't have a social media platform or if you very rarely use it, you are not alone. I'm seeing this more and more consistently. And I know, especially to adults out there, and, and quite frankly, adults are addicted to their social media platforms as well. But there is a walk away movement, I think, that's beginning to occur with um with Gen Z and social media. Uh, It's starting off small, but uh, you know, some of it I think was induced by parents making their kids get off of social media. But what I, the conversations I've had with my students uh, are kind of along the lines of they're tired of the drama. And they'll say things like, Mrs. Smart, I don't need that drama in my life anymore. I'm happier without it. So even if you cannot get off of it completely, I would suggest you reduce your time by about a third. And and there's really two reasons why. First of all, it is a grade killer. Uh, kids um, will readily admit to me that they have an addiction and that it's hard for them to stay focused on their studies because their phone is bleeping and tweeting and all kinds of other things. And I, the reality is, is you cannot be your best self academically, socially, personally, spiritually, if that device controls you instead of your, you controlling your device. And it's really as simple as that. Uh, the second reason I think that's a good idea for you to reduce your time on social media is that in addition to being a, just a gigantic time waster, uh, social media does create constant stress for you and it puts your brain in that fight or flight mode continuously. So your brain really never gets a break, okay? So if you recall from one of my previous podcasts, and I'm, I'm a big believer in kind of understanding how your brain works to and leverage that to, to be you know your, your best, 
when you, you, so you have two separate parts of your brain. I mean, you have many parts of your brain, but the two I want to talk about are your amygdala and your prefrontal cortex. Your amygdala is kind of what we call your lizard brain. It's, it's the older part of your brain and it is responsible for um, regulating all kinds of things. It searches for threats and dangers. It reacts to dangers, you know, fears. Um, and then from those fears, you have that fight or flight response, right? Well, when, you know, a long time ago, when we didn't have social media and we were dealing with things like saber-toothed tigers and bears and any number of physical threats, your amygdala is that thing that got you moving. The problem is the majority of the threats that we have today are not the bear, right? They're, they're digital, or maybe they're, they're, they might not be digital. Maybe they're, you know, you're, uh, you know, somebody yelling at you or getting after you about not picking up your clothes or whatever. But uh, that amygdala still fires the same way it did thousands of years ago. And when you're on social media, believe it or not, if someone is, you know, you're seeing an argument on social media or someone is talking politics, let's say, and you don't happen to agree with the political point of view, your amygdala is firing just as if you had a saber-toothed tiger in front of you. And when your brain is continually doing that, when you're in this constant state of arousal with your amygdala and your limbic system, you never relax. And this is part of the reason why people are so stressed out. Uh, And this is why I'm I'm recommending you reduce your social media use by a third because it's going to give your amygdala time to settle down. Um, and, and especially those of you that are, you know, you're in your teenage years or early twenties, your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that is responsible for things like empathy and your moral belief systems and, um, your regulation of your emotions, that part of your brain, first of all, doesn't really fully develop until you're in your mid twenties. So that's part of the problem, especially when you're younger and you're spending all this time on social media, your amygdala is, is dominating and your prefrontal cortex isn't capable of regulating what's going with your amygdala. So just for your own brain's sake, putting down that phone, getting away from the social media is super important and truly a matter of brain health. But the other portion of this, the other part of this is just realizing that when your body is in this constant state of fear, it has really significant physical consequences. So when you have that rapid heartbeat or you feel dizzy or any number of different things that comes from that whole fight or flight, that's just not a really conducive way to, to, to live and especially to learn. Your brain cannot learn. It, it, it cannot. The, your biology prevents you from learning when your amygdala takes over. It's just the way it is. You're, all of your energy is going to preserving yourself and not to doing. I mean, think about it this way. If you had to deal with a saber-toothed tiger, you're not going to be sitting, you're not going to be like, okay, now's, now's time for me to read War and Peace or, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, Plato, some kind of really high level mental processing that needs to occur there. You're trying to, to get the heck out of Dodge. You want to run away from the saber tooth. You're not going to be doing intellectual stuff. And so you have to remember that. Um, especially like I have some, some kids, uh, where, you know, I, I made a recommendation last year to some of my students that before test day, do not be on your phone. 
because what that does is it's you're activating your amygdala and you're preventing your prefrontal cortex from accessing that information that you need on test day. And some of my students reported back to me that it made a big difference for them. So uh, just kind of keep that in mind with regards to social media and hopefully you can implement some of this uh, this coming year. Okay, the second thing I want you to do, and it, it does have to do with your phone as well. You need to learn how to turn off notifications on your phone. Uh, whatever kind of phone you have, whatever device you have, whether it's a laptop you're using or a phone you're using, turn off the notifications. That will go a long way to um, help to help remove yourself from that phone addiction that so many of us have. Because when the notifications are off, you're not going to feel this need to respond immediately. And I've had conversations with students before about how they feel like they have to respond when somebody texts them or snaps them or whatever. And I will have these conversations like, why do you need to respond immediately? And they say, because it's rude if I don't. <laughs> like you don't have to respond immediately. It's okay for them to wait. So figure out how to turn off the notifications on your phone. You can Google it. There's tons of information out there. Um, but uh, that will go a long way to help putting your brain into study note mode when it needs to be in study mode. Okay, the third thing I would highly suggest that you do is that you spend some time on Pinterest. Uh, and I know most people think of Pinterest as, you know, I want to look at what hair color I want to, to use or how to decorate my home or, you know, what recipe I want. But Pinterest is a huge resource, just a really great resource in study techniques, study ideas, note-taking ideas, there's so much stuff out there, uh, and I recommend it every single year, especially to my freshman students, uh, because there's just there's just limitless amounts of information on how to study. So if you're if you're kind of new to taking advanced level classes or new to college, I really suggest you spend some time on Pinterest. I don't even think you need an account. I think you can kind of just go to Pinterest and look for some images or maybe like Google study techniques Pinterest and some stuff will pop up for you. Uh, but there's great stuff on there and I, I really highly s suggest spending just a little bit of time on Pinterest. I know I just said get off of social media, but this is the one case you're doing some research here, okay? Uh, and there should not be the stressors on, on Pinterest like what you would see on someplace like Snapchat or Twitter or whatever. So the fourth item I'd like to offer up to you to have your best school year ever is to really adopt the Pomodoro technique. And the Pomodoro technique, Pomodoros, if you don't know, it's a, uh, it means tomato in Italian. Uh, and the, the technique was designed by a gentleman named Francesco, I think it's Cirillo. And he wanted a way to be more productive, right? To be effective and productive in his work. And so uh, let me give you a, just a brief rundown of how it works. You basically have whatever task you need it is. So maybe you need to work on vocabulary cards. Maybe you need to work on, you know, math homework or whatever it is. You set a timer, you, you grab a timer. And in this case, it was an Italian, when the, the Pomodoro technique began, it was like an Italian timer, if you've ever seen an Italian kitchen timer. So you set the timer for 25 minutes and during that 25 minutes, you get to work uh, and you don't have any distractions around you at all. No distractions, no computer distractions, no digital distractions, no any distractions. When the time is up, that 25 minutes uh, and you finish, you're going to get up and you're going to take a break. You're going to move around, uh, you know, maybe go get a drink of water, do something uh, for about five minutes. Don't get to your phone, okay? Your phone's not a reward. Get away from your phone because you know and I know that you'll get sucked into it. And then after that five minutes, you get back to work. 
uh, and uh, you do it again. And you do this uh, several times, especially if you have a lot of stuff to get done. Okay. And after the fourth iteration of this, then you take a longer break from anywhere between 15 to maybe 30 minutes. Um, and so then, and so you go throughout your day studying like this. Now, obviously, for those of you that are in school all day long, this isn't going to work, but this is a really great way for you to study, especially in the evening. And I find that my students that are super involved with lots of extracurricular activities, this is actually a really great way for them to stay focused. So once again, this is the Pomodoro technique, and I will put a link in the bottom and the notes of this podcast to the website where you can learn a bit more on how to do this. And I think it includes a video as well. Okay, so the sixth uh, piece of advice that I'd like to give you guys this year is to write your notes. Uh, I know that many of you, you might have laptops that you take notes on or maybe a tablet that you take uh, notes on, but I have to tell you that the research out there is really overwhelming in the fact that if you write your notes uh, by hand, and especially if you use color, the likelihood of you retaining that information for your tests and, and just in general, and this, this goes for anything, this goes for work, this goes for uh, anything where you are taking notes. The active process of note taking is just so much better for retention of the material for your brain. And there are tons, there's tons of research out there. You could just Google writing notes is better than typing and you'll, there's just, there's so much out there. Uh, but just kind of keep that in mind because a lot of kids feel that they need to take notes, especially once you get to college. Oh my gosh, I have to write, take notes really fast. And the only way I can do that is on a laptop, but I'm here to tell you, it's just so much better if you use paper instead or even writing notes like on a tablet like if you have a stylus where you could take notes on 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 a tablet that's fine as well but it just it has to be written the written process of it there's a lot of things that happen in your brain and I know a lot of you will say well but I write I type faster than I write it's so much faster and of course that's the key because if you're typing too fast and that means that your brain is not actually retaining the material it just doesn't have time to cement that information into your long-term memory Speaking of memory, we have to talk about Ebbinghaus's forgetting curve. This is one of the first things that I show my students uh, during that first week or two of class. And most kids have not been exposed to this. And so if you're in front of a computer or something, go ahead and Google that image, uh, the forgetting curve. And what you'll see is uh, you'll see a little um, graph, basically, and you have memory on the y-axis and then you have time on the x-axis and it's it's pretty simple what all all the ebbinghaus forgetting curve says is that the more that you um repeat something the more that you review something the more that you actively recall something whatever it is that you're studying whether it's uh, calculus or whether it's you, you know whatever it is that you're practicing vocabulary whatever the more that you do it the less likely it will be that you will forget and the longer that you will remember it because it will be cemented to your long-term memory. I like to kind of phrase it like this. Your brain is a series of roads that needs to be need to be built. Okay, you have roads that need to be built in your brain. That's all the information that you're learning in school, uh, whatever school that you're in. And so when you first build a road, initially, you know, they've got to clear the road. Okay, that's the very first time you're learning the material. And then after that, uh, they have to put down some kind of gravel, right? Maybe that's the second time that you're remembering or that you're actively studying material and so on and so forth. So by the time you get to a nice smooth road, 
you've gone over it many, many times in your brain. And that's why it's so easy for you to access information. In my class, uh, I make heavy use of vocabulary cards for uh, new vocabulary because in, in human geography, there's a lot of vocab and uh, for students to be able to remember it, to be able to recall it on uh, like writing for an essay or on a multiple choice exam, they have to have that vocabulary, not only memorized, but be able to apply it. And so vocabulary cards, it, once again, it's really low tech, but it is such an effective way for you to continue to um, use that forgetting curve to your advantage and, and, and just increase repetition of material. The final item that I would love to share with you, a way for you to really have your best school year ever, um, is something that's really simple but really hard to do, which is to stay positive. Uh, during times like this, when there's so much negative all around you, you know, whether it's people, uh, you know, and, and they're afraid and that's a negative emotion uh, or people that are grumbling and that's a negative emotion. It's really hard to push back against that negativity because I think negativity is, it's kind of like a yawn. Uh, yawns are contagious, as you guys well know. And I tend to think that negativity is that way as well. It's just easier for us to kind of catch negativity, uh, just like we can catch a yawn, uh, being contagious that way. Uh, but if you, uh, you start to use, utilize like positive imagery, think about athletes, elite athletes, how they do this. They'll tell you all the time that they, and you could see them uh, when they're performing, how they, you know, kind of close their eyes and they visualize uh, whatever it is they're going to do, their swim or their run or whatever and they see themselves being successful, you need to do the same thing for you and your classes. See yourself doing well on your tests. See yourself studying really, you know, in a positive way, in a distraction-free way. What this does is you're priming your brain for success. First of all, you're calming your limbic system, okay? Remember that amygdala I was talking about earlier? You're calming that down because if you step into studying or you step into a test and you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna do terrible. You're firing up that amygdala before you even step foot into that test. And so it's really important to learn how to use your brain to your advantage. And by using that positive imagery, even if you're not feeling it, uh, you know, it, there's, a, there's an old expression that says, you know, you fake it until you make it. And that's kind of sometimes what you have to do in a situation, especially when you're not feeling really, really great. Uh, one of the best pieces of advice my father ever gave me is, you know, whenever you're feeling stressed about, you know, something new or someplace new, you just walk in and act like you own the place. And uh, that, I think, was his way of, you know, encouraging me to think positively and, and, and to use positive imagery to be successful. You know, there's a there's an old Stoic philosopher named Seneca, and uh, he said that, you know, more often we, we suffer. We suffer more basically in our imagination than we do in reality. That so much of our suffering comes from anticipating, worrying about the future, you know, what could happen, what might happen, instead of what is actively happening. And of course, this ties into things like meditation and mindfulness. Uh, even in, in Buddhist philosophy, you see this as well. So this is kind of a a mindset that is global, uh, 
this business of, of staying positive and, and, you know, trying to remove those negative emotions from your, your brain. So that's it for today. I hope that you were able to glean one or two pieces of information to help you have your best school year ever. Realize that, you know, there are so many uncertainties stepping into this year, you know, from a teacher point of view. Guys, it's the same on our end as well. There's just so much we don't know and we're just going to roll with the punches and just kind of take it a day at a time. And that's what you need to do as well. And as always, if you have any questions or any topics that you'd like me to address, please feel free to email me at bitesizedhumangeo at gmail.com with any questions that you'd like answered. And as always, click subscribe to support this podcast and to get all the latest updates as they happen. Have a great day.